I don't know what their future brings, but my hope is that they will that they will find their purpose and something that they can offer the world, whether that's through a job or through a volunteer opportunity or however it works out, and that they will be content with who they are and how they've been made and be able to have meaningful relationships as many as they want. Not that they have to have dozens of friends, but if they have one or two good ones and we have some really good supportive family, I'd be happy with that. Parenthood itself is interesting enough, but when you add into the equation children that have autism, well, you look at life with a little bit of a different perspective, and I learned a lot from my conversation with Stephanie Weeb. Here's what she had to say about life with autism. Our experience with autism started about three to four years ago. Our youngest child, our son, uh, wasn't speaking. He, um, he wasn't reaching his milestones, and um, that developed into a diagnosis of autism when he was at the age of three. Uh, and then about a year later, his older sister also was diagnosed uh, with autism along with a co-diagnosis of ADHD. And that means two out of our three children are on the autistic spectrum. So you have some experience with this. Well, yes, <laughs> my experience is ongoing. Um, so we've had an autistic diagnosis in our home for about three years now. Um, I know there's many families who um, have, had, have had experience with autism longer, and I'm sure there's lots I can learn from them. But, uh, yeah, we've, we've definitely had, learned a lot in the last three years ourselves. I bet. What kind of misconceptions do you see about autism in this time you've been dealing with it? Mm, that's a good question. Um, one thing that I think I wasn't even aware of um, before experiencing autism in our home is that people with autism enjoy being social. It just might look a little bit different. Um, they, they might need a few more cues. Um, for example, my son, when he was in daycare, he, he, would, he tended to play by himself and he wouldn't really notice people around him or other children around him. And uh, there was a, his teacher took the effort and the time to teach him how to play hockey. And at first, he did not want to learn a new skill. It was overwhelming for him. But um, over the course of days and weeks, he learned how to the basics of daycare hockey. Hmm. And um, after a few weeks and months, he started enjoying it. And then he even started requesting it, trying to find other boys generally uh, to play with him. And he loved that interaction, but it just it took a few more steps. To get him there, right. And so, does he still enjoy hockey? Yes, yes. Uh, we've transitioned to school now, and there's not a whole lot of opportunities for hockey in school, and um, that has been a big transition for him. So we're not introducing him to um, too many other extracurricular activities, uh, and I guess there's limited amounts with COVID these days. True, but uh, that. That interaction, I think, was a good basis for him to learn that to learn that he enjoyed social interaction, right. and uh, and just the common like what would come naturally to the other children how how to ask another child to play. He learned that skill, and uh, and he learned that he wanted that skill. 
Wow, I like that in the process of learning something new, like a new activity or sport, he's learned how to ask people to play with him. Yeah, yeah, that that is actually really good. It's something that uh, my daughter was diagnosed a bit later than my son, and uh, she she presents differently in her autism. But that social aspect, she, um, I know she she had this misconception that I didn't realize until she explained it to me that she could only play with another child if they asked her to play with them. She, it didn't cross her mind that she could ask them oh. if she could play with them. And she would come home in tears saying that um, no one was playing with her. And then uh, when I talked to the school, well, her, her best friend was on holidays, or, and she just had been... She didn't know what to do. And so uh, what we've done with her is that she usually brings a toy or a stuffy of some sort to school, and then other children see that she has that toy, and then they come to her and ask her about it, and then she tells them about it, and that's like her icebreaker. And, uh, and of course, we've also been trying to teach her and tell her that you, can, you are allowed to go ask another child to play with you. That's, that's okay. That's you don't have to be alone. <laughs> right. Well, I like that she's bringing something along to initiate conversation. Mm-hmm. That's, yes. That's key. I mean, that's something all of us could learn. <laughs> she, and that is something she actually figured out on her own. Wow. Um, as a mother, especially with COVID, I was, uh, I was like, no, you can't bring a stuffy to school. Like, it, it, you have to wash it down, and you have to make sure it's clean, and it doesn't touch the floor. And, oh. um, and then I, and she was crying, and I thought it, I didn't realize that that was her icebreaker and how she connected with people in her class. And then I felt like I deserved the Mother of the Year Award. I'm like, oh, my word, I'm so sorry. Yes, you can bring a toy to school. This is how you initiate conversation. That's, it's okay. I will wash it. <laughs> right, but you're saying she figured that out on her own? Yeah. And then communicated that to you? After some prompting, yeah. yeah, I was able to understand that that was what was going on. She, I, what alerted me to the fact is how distraught she was when mm-hmm. I told her she couldn't bring that toy to school. And wow. so that was an abnormally strong reaction to a simple, re- what I thought would be a fairly simple request. So I love the mature decision or the mature understanding there to go, this is how I need to solve this problem. Yeah. Wow. It, well, it, any any success that we find, we try to celebrate. And yeah. if it's doable, definitely encourage it. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it sounds like you're learning a lot about yourself and your kids and your family. What what are you learning? Oh, um, right now, I guess we're learning what um, having all our kids in school means to us as a family. Mm-hmm. Um our youngest was in daycare last year, and now he's um, now he's in grade one. Um, what coming home from school? Uh, they often need some downtime. Mm. Uh, school with all of its social interactions and stimulation and classroom activities. By the time they get home, they're often not able to do a whole lot more, and so. We try to give, like, there's usually an hour of grace and downtime where they can um, play a game on their iPod and go to their room, build some Lego, read a book, and we don't 
uh, jump on them. How was school? What do you do mm-hmm. today? Time for homework. Time to eat supper. We, we give them that downtime mm-hmm. um, to recover from uh, their day, even if it was a good day. Um, it still takes work for them to uh, to get through a school day. So Right. I'm, I'm appreciating uh, hearing your experience here, Stephanie. What are you appreciating about Autism Awareness Month? Um, it's, I love that we're getting more and more recognition hmm. um, as autism is a diagnosis. I think that's uh, represented in both the medical field as well as in general society. There's been um, an increasing number of children and adults who are getting diagnosed with autism. Um, as of right now, I believe it's one in 66 people in Canada that have autism. Wow. And, uh, and, and some of those are adult diagnosis or adult self-diagnoses. So it's just a matter of recognizing that this is a worldview some people have and um, acknowledging it as just um, an option of a worldview. It's a, a normalizing it to some extent. Right. Um, one thing I would love is that most people have heard of autism and maybe even know someone with it. I think our next step would be to be uh, have autism acceptance, like um, giving the opportunity of friendship to someone with autism because it usually it might take a little bit more work and a little bit more of a lens of grace and understanding and and also um, like giving job opportunities to those who are looking for a job and have um, great math skills or spatial awareness skills. It, it might take a little bit more time to orientate a person who has autism, but, but when they're, once they know what they're doing, they're going to soar. Like yeah. They have gifts that they can offer. I like that. So when you made... Uh, the discovery that your your kids had autism, how did you move forward? Like when the diagnosis was made, did you get help here in Steinbach or in the Southeast or, or what was the process there? That's a good question. Um, we we had to go to Winnipeg to, to find uh, supports. We were referred to a developmental pediatrician. Uh, that wait list, wait list was 13 months and we were wanting uh, some answers sooner than that. And we are blessed to be in a dual-income, dual-insured home, and so we were able to find a private behavioral psychologist in Winnipeg um, who was able to uh, assess our children, and we found some private occupational therapists and speech and language pathologists in Winnipeg who uh, were able to support us until... Um, the, the local supports could kind of come in. So like the um, occupational therapists and speech and language, language pathologists uh, uh, that are employed by the health authority or by the school, um, th- those would be our primary local supports. Right. Um, but they're, being a public service, their caseloads are often very uh, full. And for our, in our experience, it usually takes about a year for us to um, to access their services, wow. so um, I think like, there's been some Facebook groups and things that we're trying to get more services brought to southeastern Manitoba. But generally speaking, um, most things are based out of Winnipeg. So there's a bit of a gap here. 
there there can definitely be more done or more services um, provided mm-hmm. in Steinbach and in the surrounding area. Um, I mean, the internet and virtual communication is great, um, but not when, when you're talking about someone with autism or ADHD and are not often able to have a meaningful uh, conversation or a meaningful therapy time in a, on a computer. They may not be able to focus as well or sit still or it in-person services are definitely the best right because a year is a long time especially when they're so young mm-hmm. like um diagnosed at the age of three by a private behavioral psychologist um and we did end up going to see our uh developmental pediatrician um but we already had the diagnosis, and we, all, we were already doing treatments by the time we uh, met our developmental pediatrician, and that was time that we couldn't have gotten back. Uh, the earlier you start intervention with autism, the more, um, the better able a child is able to develop coping skills because those brain pathways are are made and they're not lost. Right. What kind of advice or insight would you give to a family that recently maybe has received an autism diagnosis? Hmm. Um, it's okay to grieve. Hmm. Um, it's, it's a grieving... It, what you grieve is um, lost expectations. But it's, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. Um, I love how we, when we were processing first our son's diagnosis and then our daughter's diagnosis, um, you know, it sucks as parents to realize that our kids are going to have to learn things very systemically that come naturally to other kids. Mm -hmm. But um, autism is part of who our kids are, and we wouldn't want uh, the autism taken out of them, because then they'd be complete strangers. Hmm. We we love them exactly the way they are, even with traits that may be considered autistic. Um, it's one one story I think that <laughs> often people enjoy is, um, of course, we had Christmas over Zoom this past year, right? And uh, my son realized that um, it had been, it had come past his bedtime. And he's very rigid about his bedtime, and he knows how to tell time. And he noticed that it was past his bedtime, and he just, oh, my word, and ran down the hall, put on his pajamas, brushed his teeth, and went to bed. And his cousins, like his 7-year-old, 5-year-old cousins, are like, did did he just put himself to bed? I'm like, yep, yep, it was past his bedtime. He has to be in bed by 7 o'clock, that's. He, it's a routine for him. He's rigid about it. We don't mind it. <laughs> and he put himself to bed uh, in the middle of a Christmas gathering. So, <laughs> wow. Um, and, and we love that about him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes us smile and laugh. And it's not distressing to him. It's just the way he functions. It was bedtime. And so uh, enough with this gathering stuff. He was going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is a great story. I love that. How do your How did your kids respond to uh, receiving their diagnosis of autism? That's a good question. Uh, my son was three years old when he got his diagnosis, and he hasn't 
really, uh, he doesn't really know any different. I don't think he knows what autism is, if I were to tell him. Okay. Um, however, my daughter, she was made aware when her brother was diagnosed. And when she was later assessed and diagnosed with autism, she, she didn't like it. She was embarrassed about it. She mm. didn't want anyone to know that she has autism. And while that breaks my heart because she she's so special exactly the way she is mm -hmm. and I want her to love how she's been made and that autism is a part of her worldview and how unique that is and how uh, she can offer something special to those around her with that but I also want to respect her um, on where she's at with mm -hmm. processing that news and so I uh, try not to um, talk about her diagnosis in front of her, or if I do, I'll tell her ahead of time and explain how um, how it's important for this person to know and how it, this isn't a bad thing. It's just the way she is, and the, like the teacher will be able to help her in, in ways that her classmates may not no realize or notice, but will really. Uh, help her succeed in school if they if they know that she she has autism. Right. And earlier you had said one of the things you appreciate about Autism Awareness Month is the possibilities for normalizing this, mm -hmm. which would be great for your daughter. Yeah, yeah. That it's just accepted as one uh, one type of worldview that um, that it's. She processes the world around her differently. She mm -hmm. may see things a bit brighter. She may hear things a bit louder. She may uh, feel things a bit differently. But it those can be considered strengths, right. um, not weaknesses, or just different, not um, not worse. Right, right, and and lose that quote unquote stigma that she maybe feels about it right now. Yeah, yeah, that it's not. It's not a label. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a world view that helps us understand how she's processing uh, the things around her. I like how you um, describe it as a world view. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to describe it and a great way for her to hear about it and to kind of go, okay, this is my world view. Yeah, it's, well, with all of her senses, it can affect, like, it affects how she hears things, how she... Uh, processes things in her mind and how she um, responds to things. Um, it's it, it it's a it's a lifelong condition. It's not something mm -hmm. that you'll ever be cured of. It's just the way she's been made, the way her brain functions. And I think it's great. Um, and she's taught me a lot of ways to be um, to be aware of social rules and social etiquette that come naturally to our oldest daughter and don't come naturally to her and mm. how to support her with that. And in, and I think for all girls and women to embrace who you are and be proud of who you are exactly mm. the way you are. I, I love that. My next question was going to be, what is your hope for your children? Uh, I'm going to guess that is one of them for your daughter. <laughs> mm, yes, definitely. Um... I I want them to be happy. I I want them to be content with who they are. Um, I they they do enjoy social interaction. 
they also need some downtime. I don't know if that means um, if they'll get married or if that's not something they'll enjoy, if that's not on their radar at all, mm-hmm. if they want to live on their own or if they'll be um, living with us. I, I don't know what their future brings, but my hope is that they will that they will find their purpose and something that they can offer the world, whether that's through a job or through a volunteer opportunity or however it works out, and that they will be content with who they are and how they've been made and be able to have meaningful relationships, as many as they want. Not that they have to have a dozens of friends, but if they have one or two good ones and we have some really good supportive family I'd be happy with that. (laughs) I feel hope for your kids because from just from our conversation here, Stephanie, I feel a lot of love and support and you've provided a safe space for your kids. Mm, Yeah, that's definitely um, something we strive to do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What, one more question here, what three words would describe your kids? Oh, they... (laughs) <laughs> they persevere um, the the amount of things that they have to learn that come naturally to other kids um, they persevere and they 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 learn it and they and they act it out like they're able to um yeah, learn it in their minds and figure it out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of strength that comes from that. Yeah, right. Strength. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I guess along the same lines, there'd be persistence, hmm. um, trying to get something right and and figure out why that isn't working and uh, and try to figure out a proper solution, problem mm-hmm. solving. Um, and my kids are affectionate. Hmm. They, uh, not all children with autism um, present in a way that is considered affectionate um, to society. Um, my children uh, really, they enjoy big bear hugs It's a, mm-hmm. or being wrapped in a blanket like a burrito is what we call it. <laughs> that overall total body um, stimulation, and, uh, and they care about those around them. My, my, uh, the other day, um, my, the, my daughter saw that her grandma had a sore knee, and so she went and grabbed an ice pack and put it on her grandma's knee and then prayed for her grandma. And that was something she did spontaneously, mm-hmm. all on her own. She wasn't prompted at all, and it just showed her heart that she cared about those around her. So they, they're affectionate. They love those around them. Yeah, they're, they're modeling what they see at home. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think your kids are very blessed to be in an environment that's so supportive and encouraging, Stephanie. Thank you so much for sharing about your experience. I've oh, learned you. quite a bit from our conversation together. Is there anything else you would like to communicate or share? Um, If there is anyone who's looking for support um, with a possible autistic diagnosis for them or their children, 
Um, as I mentioned earlier, there isn't a whole lot of local resources, but um, on Facebook, I have enjoyed um, communicating with those on the Autism Winnipeg PACE group, as well as there's a group of moms with um, that are, or I guess, caregivers of those who live with disabilities. That group is called Common Ground. They're based out of Niverville, and uh, there's a group based out of Southland Church called Connectability, which is also a group of moms that have children with, uh, with various abilities that uh, we meet and we, or we talk, I guess, more so now. <laughs> um, and other moms out there, we're, we can be great supports to each other. Thank you so much for that insightful conversation, Stephanie. I so appreciate hearing how life is like in your world.